We can sing that again. voice to anyone else but to you, O oh Father, Lord God, the one who saved us, the one who changed our lives, the one, O oh Lord God, who has brought us, O oh Father, through trials and temptations, O oh Lord, the one that has delivered us, the one that has filled us with the Holy Ghost, you are the one that we want to worship this evening, Lord, you are the one we want to give all the praise and the honor and adoration to, O oh Lord, for God, there is none like unto you, O oh Lord. And Father, Lord, this evening, if you are new here in the service, the service will work nothing, O oh God. So, Father, we just want to yield and, and surrender ourselves to you, O oh Lord. Father, we just want to ask that you have your way, O oh Lord, this evening, O oh God. Father, I pray you take the speaker, you take the hearer, O oh Lord, this evening, and Lord. You will move, O oh Lord, in both ways, O oh Lord. That you be the one to speak through this vessel, O oh Lord, and the one to hear, O oh God. The Father, you bring us to where you want us to be, O oh Lord. Father, we just want to yield to you this evening, Lord. We don't want to limit you in any way, so God. Whatever you desire of us, Lord, that's what we want to give to you this evening, Lord. Whatever you desire to do, Lord, we just ask that you have your way, O oh God. Father, we just say, O oh Lord God, may your name be glorified on the service of Father. And Lord, we just want to thank you for the song service with your presence here, O oh God. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, may you continue, O oh Lord God. May you take the word now, O oh Lord. May you put it in our hearts, O oh Lord God. Let it be no something that we just hear, O oh Lord, this evening, but Lord, something that becomes a life inside of us, O oh God. Lord, we yield ourselves to you this evening, Lord. And we just want to say that we love you, O oh God. We ask all these things in the blessed name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you, musicians. Thank you, Tony. Amen. 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 How many enjoyed the service last Wednesday? God bless you, Brother John. Amen. Sure. I was very much revived on Wednesday. Amen. I don't know. Brother Tito, could you please lower the fan a little bit for me? The fan? If you could just lower it a little bit, the fan. Oh, you got it. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Oh, I'm not Canadian, so it just kind of gets a little cold. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I oh, really appreciate the service, Brother John. God bless you. It was really good. And there are some visitors here, and God bless you. Sure, good to see you all. Well, I guess not much of visitors anymore. 
Must. Sure, good to see you. Amen. Amen. How many have been joining the services, the young people's services? Amen. I sure have been joining Brother Andrew. What he's been, he's been teaching, really been a blessing, Brother Andrew. Amen. We, there are things that we know, but it's good to just go over them again and, and break them down in such a simple way that, you know, we can all understand and get to it. And really thank the Lord for the gift that he's put in your life. And it's sure been a blessing to everyone, especially to me. So God bless you. And we look forward to the other series that will follow. Amen. 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 Well, we'll take a Bibles this evening. Amen. want to open the book of Exodus. And Amen. Exodus chapter 3. chapter 3, we just read from verse 1 to verse 8. Oh, I'm sorry, Ethan, I forgot to. That's the only scripture we use in this evening, so. Amen. And I'll tell you the title in a few. Amen. You can write it actually, Sacred Sands, if you. Sorry, for, I forgot to bring you the paper. Amen. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. So now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire. The bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard your cry by reason of the taskmaster, for I know your sorrow. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian, and to bring them up out of the out of that land unto a land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and, and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to read on the word. You may have your seat. Amen. Our title this evening as we said is Sacred Sacred Sands. Amen. Sacred Sands. Amen. It was, it was the beginning of the year and just wondering what we would share with the young people when we'll be asked to take a service and and we were praying about it and at the beginning of the year we took a first service. We took a first service on God has a purpose, Amen and and we took that service and we're seeking the face of the Lord of what we have. We speak to the young people. And after that service, um, I think it was the Sunday, it was the Wednesday night when we took the service. And 
And the Sunday, the Sunday morning after after the service, I was just walking out of the building and and just going out, and I met Sister Terry. And Sister Terry shook my hand and he said, "Really appreciated the word on on Wednesday, and we sure thanked the Lord for it." And she said there was something that she was looking at, and she said, "I." I was just going through the message and I just typed the word sacred sands. And I said, I was just looking at the word sacred sands and she said, I really blessed her. And so, well, I went home that afternoon and I started, I went and typed in the word sacred sands. And I started to look at the word sacred sands and as I was looking at the Lord laid on my heart to share that with you young people. So, we're trusting in him this evening. Amen. Amen. So, God bless you, Sister Terry, for sharing that. I don't know if she's streaming or not, but... God bless her, amen. God speaks in different ways, and we must learn to hear, amen. He used any vessel to speak, we must learn to, to hear when he speaks, amen. And from the scripture we read, we, the scripture's talking about Moses, and, and we know that Moses was a special child, amen. He wasn't just any other child, he was a special child, and his birth and everything about him was very supernatural, amen. And Moses was born in a time that was a very was a very difficult time for the children of Israel when Moses was born. Moses was born in a time of persecution. It was a time that there was lots of struggles that was going on in Israel. The children of Israel were in bondage at the time of the birth of, of, of Moses. Amen. But but God had it all orchestrated in a way that Moses had to be born at that time. Amen. It was a promise that he had given to Joshua. And, and, and he said, you know, at that time they were going to have a child, a man, an Amram, that the child was going to be, was going to grow and he was going to be a deliverer. Amen. It was a time of persecution, a time of oppression. Amen. And and the Egyptians were truly, really oppressing the children of Israel. And, and it seemed that they had come to a place where the time that Moses was born was actually the, the time that the enemy had, had specifically targeted the little ones. At the moment he was born was the time that the little ones were the target of the enemy. Amen. He was born and, you know, they, they, because why? Because Pharaoh was looking at the situation and he was seeing that the children of Israel were growing. And they were growing and they were growing more and more. And he started to say, if we don't stop this, they're going to soon overcome us. And so Pharaoh said, well, how are we going to stop this? The way we're going to stop this is that we're going to destroy the little ones. And we're not going to destroy just any little ones. We're going to destroy the little males that are in the midst of them. We're going to destroy them. We saw that in that way, they cannot grow any bigger than they are, so they can't overtake us. So that was where they were at. The persecution at that moment was specifically targeted to the little ones. Amen. But right in the midst of it all, God has chosen that Moses had to be born. That's why the persecution. God said, Moses has to be born at this time. No matter what is going on around in the town of Egypt, this is the time that I want Moses to be present in Egypt. Amen. Why? Because God had a purpose for, for Moses. Amen. He had a purpose for Moses that Moses was going to be the, the deliverer of the children of Israel. Amen. And not only was he going to be the deliverer of the children of Israel, but Moses was going to become one of the greatest tormentors of these children of the Egyptians. Amen. He was going to be one of the greatest tormentors that has ever been that have tormented the children of the, of the Egyptians. Because why? The Egyptians at this moment, they were the greatest army ever. No one could tackle them. No one could say anything to them. You know, there was just kind of the rush of today. You can't touch them. 
That was the kind of people they were. But God said, I am going to raise up some little man. And he's going to be the one that is going to torment these people at a certain time, at a certain season. Amen. And not only was he going to torment these people, but there was going to come a day that Moses himself was going to stand on the banks of the Red Sea. And he's going to watch the very Egyptians. He's going to watch his very enemies drown in the sea. That was the purpose that God had for Moses. Amen. And I believe that we are living in a time if there ever was a dark age that we're living in and it's this age. Amen. If there ever was an age where the enemy is against young people, it is this age. Amen. Why? Because he's looking at a situation and he says if I'm going to let these young people grow up with the truth of this message with the revelation of this message then that means that my kingdom is going to be defeated. And so what can I do? What I can do is to target the young people is to try to bring them down is to try to oppress them is to try to bring them a place where they don't have a revelation of the word a place where they are lukewarm a place where they're just religious people that are sitting in the church that are just happy with the word when it's being preached but they don't want to live the word that's the kind of young people that the enemy is wanting but right in the midst of it all God said I'm gonna have a young people right in the midst of it all God said it doesn't matter what the enemy is doing I have got a purpose amen I have a purpose amen right in the midst of it all I am going to raise the young people that are going to defeat this enemy that are not going to be scared of them amen and Satan has tried all type of oppressions, amen. And, and you try the oppression of addiction, amen. And, and the oppression of, you know, of complexes and anxiety. And I just want to stop on anxiety for a moment. The complex of anxiety or the, the spirit of anxiety that comes upon young people. At this time, trying to oppress them down with anxiety. Anxious about everything, worried about everything, no peace in the heart, no peace at all. Trying to take it away from the young people, oppress them. But God has a purpose, amen. God has a purpose, amen. We are special people that have been born in this age, amen. And we have not just been born by the choosing of mom and dad, but we've been born by the choosing of God. You say, you know what, it is truly we came by mom and dad, but mom and dad didn't choose you. Mom and dad didn't know who was coming. They didn't know what you were going to be, but God knew. God knew who he needed at this time, and he just made mom and dad to be the vessels to bring you here. But the one that chose you to be here, for you to be here, it is not mom and dad, it is God. It is God that chose you to be here. It is God that chose you to be in Laodicea. It is not mom that decided that we are going to give birth to our kids in Laodicea. Because mom and dad themselves, they didn't choose to be here. It was still God that chose them to be here in Laodicea. Amen. So the choosing is of God and, and God is wanting to raise the people in this age and are not just going to be church members, they're just going to be people that will label themselves to be believers, but he's raising up a people to be a tormentors of the enemy. Because many a times the game goes the other way around, whereas the enemy is tormenting us. Right. 
with anxiety and, and, and different things in our lives. He's the one that is to man on us. But that is not our purpose. That is not the reason why we are here. We are here to torment Satan. Moses' purpose was to be a tormentor of the Egyptians. His purpose wasn't to be tormented by the Egyptian. He was to torment the Egyptian. He was to destroy the Egyptian. That was what he was called for. And that is what you have been called for. But the game has been going in the other way for too long. And I believe this evening. It is time to turn the tables around. It is time to turn the table around where Satan has been oppressing you and has been destroying you and discouraging you and bringing anxiety and worry and fear. I believe it's time to turn the table around. You have a promise, amen. You have a God that is living on the inside of you that Satan couldn't stop even at the cross. You have a God that is living on the inside of you that he walks down the, the halls of hell and he took every key that Satan had. He destroyed every sickness. He destroyed everything that was in hell and he is the one that is living on the inside of you. And you heard it on Wednesday that if that same spirit that was in Christ dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body. God is looking for some bodies that he can quicken in this age. Healing is not just to the preacher to heal. You have the power to heal. Praying is not just to the preacher to pray. You have the power to pray. You have the power to change situations. But many a times we lay it on, on the lady and say, well, they will pray for us. And they, You've got the power. You've got authority. When you hit on your knees, hell is trembling. Satan has been turning the picture around to say you're not yet at that place and, and you still need, you know, guidance. We do need guidance. But I believe it's time has come also for young people to step in your position. To say if the enemy is afflicting me, indeed, I need a prayer and helps of my brethren. But I'm going to stand toe-to-toe with the enemy. Because I have authority. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. And I have authority against any enemy that comes my way. Because it is not me, but it is him and me. Amen. And that's what we've been born for, to be tormentors of the enemy. That one day we will be the one to stand on the word of God. And we will watch our enemies drown in the sea. Amen. And we are not here to just to watch our enemy drown in the sea. I want you to notice that when the enemy, when the Egyptians were drowned in the sea, the scripture said that they were not going to see them again anymore or something around those lines. They were never going to see them again. And I believe, I don't know why, we have to come into services and, and sit in a service having the enemy oppressing us and, 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 and you know, the, the, the spirit of the Lord moving in the service and we leave the service while and our Egyptians are not dead but they're following us to wherever we're going. But that is not our purpose. Our purpose is to watch them completely destroyed. And I believe that this evening is annoying that you can watch your enemy completely destroyed. We've been carrying them along with us to home too many a times. 
But I believe this evening it's time for you to stand on the banks. It's time for you to stand on the word of God and say, I am not going back home with this enemy. You've got authority. You see, many times we get doubts in our heart to say, well, maybe it won't happen. It's time for you to take that out of your heart. It will happen. If you can only believe it, it will happen. Why do you have to live with the enemy? Why do you have to go to bed with the frogs? Why do you have to be tormented? Why do you have to be in anxiety? Why do you have to be depressed? You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Why do you have to live under the bondage of the enemy? Why? While the Almighty God is living on the inside of you. I believe that tonight, I don't know you, but I want to stand, I want to stand on the word of God, stand on the banks this evening and watch my enemies drown on the sea. And I tell you, when, when they were drowned there, they weren't drowned just for one service. They weren't drowned for one service and coming back the next service. They weren't drowned for a year and then resurrected again. Brother John showed us so well the other day that even the, the man that went down deep diving, he couldn't even dive deep enough to find even one wheel of the chariots. That's how far they've gone. And that's how far your enemy can go this evening. You can't find him even anymore. You can go searching for them and you can't even find them anymore. Everything is dead, friends. It is possible. Oh, my. Many a times we doubt it. We think it's not possible. It is possible. And tonight it can happen. You want to see a miracle? You can see it tonight. You want to see a total deliverance? You can see it tonight. It will happen. If you believe it, if I believe it, we read that quote the last time that if we all can be in one accord and in the next five minutes there won't be any feeble person here. Well, you know, Brother Branham was talking about feeble people, but it's not only about a natural that we can type it too. We can type it back to the spiritual also that in the next five minutes there can't be anyone here that is still bound by the enemy. If we all can be in one accord. Amen. But he also come back to say, are you willing? Are you ready? Or are you happy with the enemy that you're walking with? Because if you are willing and you are ready and I am willing and I am ready, then I believe that the supernatural will take place. It doesn't matter how many we are. The most important thing is that God is here. And where he is, the supernatural can take place. And God is not limited to say, well, these are young people, so I'm not going to show them the supernatural. I'll only show it when the church is full and everyone. No, that's not God. God is actually more interested in you. Not that he's not interested in the other ones. But he has a great interest in you, young people. And he's willing to see you free. He's willing to see you delivered. He's willing to see you filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if he's going to tarry for another tomorrow, you are going to have to carry the baton. You're going to have to carry this message. And now do you understand why the enemy is against you? Because he doesn't want you to carry it if there is a tomorrow. He's trying to cut the work short. As long as this message leaves, there's going to be someone that is still going to be standing. 
Amen. Amen. And so, you know, Moses grew up, and, and as Moses grew, now going through all this, the, the story step by step, I'm just taking pieces of it because you all know the story. And so Moses grew, and, and we know how, you know, it was very Moses, it was Moses' mom that was the one that was nursing Moses in the house of Potiphar. And, and right there he was, and, and here was Moses with his mom, and, and his mom was teaching him and telling him all the things about God. As he was there, and mom will tell him about the message of the day, and, and Moses will sit down and will listen to mom as mom will expound on the message of the day that there is coming a deliverance, and, and he is going to be the one. I just want to read this little quote, and I don't even know why you put it in, but I'm just going to read it. But in expectation in Shawana, 1954, Brother Branham said, the first preacher that ever guessed to a child is a mother. Is that there's four gospels, five gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and mother. And a mother should be a spirit-filled woman who can teach her children and teach them to pray and to know about God and so forth. And that was what Moses' mom was doing, teaching him about the word and telling him about the word. And all these things, amen. And his mom was share to Moses all the great things that God had done. All the years gone by and how he was a supernatural, you know, baby. And how God actually made him a supernatural baby. And how he was born and all that. And Moses is listening and he's believing. And he's hearing all these things. And Moses is standing right there in the midst of the reality of the testimony that his mom is telling him. He is the miracle. And he's standing right there saying, Mom, what are you saying? It's me. You're telling about me. You're telling about how God brought me about. And that is just amazing. And Moses is listening and hearing all these things. And Moses' mom and all her teaching will emphasize on something. She will emphasize upon deliverance. She will emphasize upon the fact that Moses wanted no these days. We are going to leave this place. One of these days, Moses, you are going to grow up and, and God is going to use you as the deliverer. And we are going to, you are going to take us out of this place, Moses. And Moses will hear all this and, and that was really good. And you say, you know, Moses, you're taking us and we'll be going to a land that is flowing with milk and honey. In other words, what Moses' mom was trying to say to him. Was that Moses, you know what? You won't have to be bound with the chains that we've been bound with all these years. Moses, you don't have to be under the slavery that we've been under all these years. You are a special child, Moses. You are a deliverer. You don't have to be, you won't be going through all that we've gone through all these years. You are going to be different, Moses. You are going to be different. And Moses is hearing all this, and, and it's all sounding good, and, and it sure is exciting them also. And we know that the land that we're talking about, that Moses was supposed to take the children of Israel to, we know by the message that it is the Holy Ghost, amen. That was the land that they were going to, it was a type of the Holy Ghost, Amen. So we all on the same page on that, amen. 
And that was where Moses was supposed to take them to. So Moses, in other words, his aim was to reach to the Holy Ghost. So all that Moses' mom was saying to Moses was, Moses, you are to receive the Holy Ghost. That is your aim. That is your purpose. That's where you're heading to. You are to receive the Holy Ghost. You don't have to be bound with what we've been bound with because we're telling you all it. You don't have to be in the shackles and the chains. You don't have to be under any tax, master. Because we're telling you all of it. You don't have to be under any. All you have to do is you have to reach to that land. You have to take the people to that land. You have to get to the Holy Ghost. That is your purpose, Moses. That is where you have to get to. And Moses will hear all this and sad part to all the story was that Moses now realized that all along he was having an experience with the God of his mom. He was having an experience with the God of his mom. He has sat all these years listening to his mom. And all that his mom was telling him, you are going to have to go to the land. You are going to be the deliverer. And all that Moses is coming in contact with is a God that is veiled in someone else. That is all that Moses is coming in contact with. Nothing else. But you know, there was a seed in Moses. And so far as Moses was hearing that and he was predestinated for a purpose, something was being quickened on the inside of him. He was feeling a yes, I have to do this. Yes, I have to get to the Holy Ghost. But it wasn't a reality. Because all along, he just had a sad to him. That was all it was. He was just hearing a sad to him over and over and over and over again. That kind of sounds like us sometimes. I was sitting in a service and we hear a sad over and over and over and over and over again. We can sometimes cut the scriptures and cut the message and the, and the quotes and all that. And before they even finish it, we can finish it for them. And we've sat there and we've had a rehearsed over and over and over again to us. That it has to be a Holy Ghost. We're getting out of this place and there's no way we're getting out without the Holy Ghost. And, and we are born to be delivered and we are born to be overcomers. And the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And, and we've had it all over and over again. But I wonder sometimes if, if we've just been hearing the God that is veiled in someone else. And we haven't really met this God. But all we've had is the God that has been veiled and the preacher has been veiled and the mom has been veiled and the dad. That's all we've come in contact with. Because that's what Moses came in contact with. It was the God that was veiled in his mom. As a matter of fact, Moses will grow up and he'll come to a place and, and one day he'll be walking out and you see an Egyptian kind of smiting an, an Israelite. And, and right away what happens? Moses temporizes. And here he is slaying an Egyptian. 
He slays an Egyptian and the next day he comes Aaron and here is, you know, two, two, two Israelites kind of arguing and he goes to kind of separate them and say, you know, oh no, you, you, you don't have to do that. You see, there were two sources coming out of Moses. There was both the good and the evil. They were both in there. And you know, when you go to a fountain and the fountain is giving both good and bad water, <laughs> you can't trust that fountain. At least I won't drink out of that fountain. Because in other words, that fountain, it's a bad fountain. It's a dumb fountain. Because a good fountain will only good, give good water. But a fountain that is given good and bad is not a fountain at the right place. There is something wrong with a fountain. And that was where Moses was at. It was just the good and bad coming out of him. Why? Because Moses had had an intellectual understanding of the word. Of what he is and what he's supposed to be. And sometimes we have an intellectual understanding of what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be overcomers and we're supposed to, you know, have the Holy Ghost. And it's just an intellectual understanding. Just an intellectual understanding of us. But we've heard it over and over again. And the deceiving part of it is because there's a seed on the inside and the seed always responds to the word. And we're responding and agreeing with that word. We come to a place that we actually get to think that yes, we got it. But in reality, we are still in the place where we are receiving or come in contact with the God that is veiled in someone else. But the seed is responding to the word. And so we say, oh, well, then I got it. Because it's responding and, and it's agreeing and it's saying amen to us. And it's rejoicing when there's rejoicing and, and all that and it's good. But you've not come really in contact with a reality. It has been a veil all this time. All this time has been a veil. It has been a veil for Moses all this time. A veil for him all this time. I wonder sometimes if we, if not, but I, I have checked myself with it. Is a, a veil that I've been in contact with all this time? Or have I met him? How do you know? That's the great question. Well, look at Moses. What's coming out of Moses? You know, sometimes, you know, when we get to this part and the service, it becomes, you know, where, you know, the balance must be put into place, right? And there's a fine line and, and this and the other. And because, you know, there are mistakes. God is merciful. As you listen to, as you listen to Brother, Brother Wayne Lawson, actually, as he spoke on Wednesday for you, and Regina sent me the link and I was listening to it. And, he made a statement that I really enjoy. He was talking about Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost until the day of your redemption. And he'll bring it and he'll type it to the lamb and the dove. And he'll say, you know, Brother Branham teaches that that man is actually filled with the Holy Ghost. But he can grieve the Holy Ghost. 
And it says, when he grieved the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost goes as a dove. And Brother Brandon was speaking in the Lamb on the Dove message. And he'll just go and sit somewhere and wait until everything has been pulled right and the dove will come back. But the man is filled with the Holy Ghost. But he can grieve it. Amen. He can grieve the Holy Ghost. And if you grieve the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost just leaves. Until you make things right and it comes back and, and all those kind of things. And so we want to bring a balanced over. We don't just want to say it on one hand. You might feel there are mistakes that we make. We grieve the Holy Ghost. All these things happen. Amen. And, 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 you know, some mistakes we make, they're bad mistakes. And we grieve him, but he comes. There is something on the deep on the inside that is, is long and is wanting and, uh, you know, is desiring to, to get back in fellowship with God again. And, you know, all these things are there. But on the other hand, when we take Moses, where he's facing and he's coming in contact with with this God that is veiled in, in his mom. Moses comes to a place where he believes that he can make it himself. He believes that he can, he can overcome. He, he can do it. He believes that he can deliver himself. He believes he can do all these things. It, it's something that is, he, he believes he can do it. Not so much that God is going to do it. Amen. And right out of him now, when you look at it, it is good and evil coming out. And in both cases, he's convinced that that's all right. And you know, women look at this and say, well, I am not at that place. Where I am happy that bad is coming out of me and all that. Absolutely. We, 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 most of us probably is not even at that place. But however... We can still be at a place where we've come in contact only with the God that is veiled in someone else. That in reality, the God is not real to us. Now, if you look at Moses, Moses had never spoken to God himself personally. Moses' dad had done it many a times. But Moses had never come personally to speak with God. Moses didn't have a relationship with God. And how do we know that we are in a place where we are in contact with a God that is veiled? I believe the first question we ask is, do I have a relationship with God? Do I have a relationship with Him? Am I on speaking terms with God? Is he real to me? Or is he just real to mom and dad? Can I stand on the word of God and claim the promises? Can I face the enemy toe to toe and say, I am facing you and I'm coming out victorious? Have we come to that place where he's real? That he's not the God of mom or the God of dad, but he's my God. Where is not, you know, me going on, you know, having a time of prayer just to fulfill a duty. 
But a deep on the inside of me actually draw me on my knees because I need to speak with God. Have I come to a place where I can't actually live my life? I can't go a day without being in touch with God. Or can I go a day and literally not even be in touch with God at all and I am okay? And the only time I feel in touch with God or I feel that God is drawing nigh is when I come to service. If that's where you are, there's a, there's a veil. If you are meeting God only in services, there's a veil that you are looking at. If he's not real to you and in your daily life, there's a veil that you're looking at. If spending time in prayer with him is just, you know, a duty that is to be done, there's a veil that you're looking at. Because how do you really communicate with him? If the Bible is something that you open just, just so that you, you don't feel bad that you, you, you didn't read your Bible in the morning or read your Bible in the evening, there is a veil. If there is not a deep desire to say, oh, I want to spend time with, this, with the Lord, I want to hear what he has to say with me, say to me, there is a veil. No, this might sound, oh, that's, that's too extreme. <laughs> But just take Tony and, and Katie for a moment. You know, we know they engage and they really like each other. God bless you. But I believe that Tony, when he wakes up in the morning, <laughs> I'm sure he prays first. <laughs> but Tony won't go a day without talking to Katie. If he, you know what, yeah, a kid is having a smile there to say, yeah, he better not. <laughs> but he won't go a day without talking to Katie. They're in a relationship. In the hard times, in the good times, on the mountain, on, on the valleys, whatever it is, he will still talk to Katie. Whether he's happy, he's not happy, he'll still talk to Katie. As a matter of fact, when he talks to Katie, he starts to get a little happy. There is a relationship. Oh, that's Luke and Amara there. I mean, Luke could be away for a couple of weeks, and man, I don't believe he goes a day without talking to Amara. He talks to Amara every day because. He loves her and they're in a relationship. What about us? It's about the greatest relationship that we're supposed to have, the relationship with God. And we can go a day and two days, three days, and not even a phone call to God. We call him only when there's trouble. There is a veil. And I know it might sound harsh, friends, but I hope you get it. There is a veil. You, you've been in contact with the God that is veiled and in mom, the God that is veiled in that, and you've, been, you've grown up under that atmosphere. 
And you, you've believed us. It's real to you. You believe it. You'll never cut your hair. You'll never put on pants. Never do it. But there's a veil because you don't have a relationship. You know what I'm speaking terms on with him. When trouble comes, anxiety starts to kick in. Fear starts to kick in. Because you're like, where do I go? You say, yeah, I can go and pray. But you go and pray and you know you're not hitting it. You know there's, there's, there's just something not there. But then it's hard to stay in that state and pray. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. Where you don't have a real relationship and you go and pray and, and it's a serious trouble. It's a real serious trouble. And you need God on the scene. But there you are in prayer and you're like, where is he? I can't find you. Where is he? It's no relationship. And that was where Moses was at. That was where he was at. He had met the God that was veiled. It was veiled in a man. But you see, that wasn't God's purpose. God's purpose wasn't for Moses to just meet with a God that was veiled in his mom. God's purpose is that you were born to be a deliverer. And if you're going to be a deliverer, you're going to meet with me. If you're going to be a deliverer, we need to have a face-to-face talk. Because I'm not going to send you on the experience that you had with mom. Because once you get to Egypt and you hear that army kind of practicing and training themselves away, you run back home because you're not ready. You're not ready. Before you go, we need to meet with you. Before you go, we need to have a face-to-face talk. And I'm going to prove to you that I am God. And I'm not just going to send you, but I'm going to come on the inside of you, and we are going together. We are getting into this business together. I'm not just sending you. I am coming on you, and we are going together. Amen. That wasn't God's purpose. God's purpose was that he had a commission, that he had to take the people to the promised land. In other words, his purpose was that he was to receive the Holy Ghost. He was to bring deliverance. Amen. There was a seed that was laying on the inside of him that had to come to maturity. The seed couldn't lie dormant because that seed was a part of God. And there's no part of God that can lie dormant. Every part of God has to be in action just as God is a God of action. So he said, you see, they've been lying dormant for so long, 80 years. But there has to be a change because you have a purpose. There is a commission that has been given to you and you have to carry it out. I don't have any other man to carry out this purpose but you. Amen. Brother Branham was speaking the message, why Christ speak Jeffersonville 1963. He said, now see what great qualities this man had talking about Moses. He said he was born for a certain time. God had a purpose in him. God has got a purpose for you being here. He said, see, if you can only be, get to that place, how much trouble you save God and yourself too. 
There is a place that God wants to bring you that you will save yourself from trouble. And God, I don't believe he saves himself from trouble. But the prophet said it, that God will save himself from trouble too. And notice the seed lying there. And he said, and notice the seed lying there with an intellectual conception, with all the faith that he was born to deliver this people, and yet it never come to life until that light from the burning bush flushed across the until he sinned, not something he read about, but something he sinned with his eyes, something that spoke to him, and he spoke back to it. Oh, what that did, bringing things to life. Amen. That brought things to life. And I believe that that is where God wants to bring his sons and daughters. To a place that they come face to face in contact with God. That is not about a God of the mom or the God of the dad or the God of the preacher. But it becomes your God. It becomes your deliverer. It becomes the one that is living on the inside of you. The one that is guiding you. Not a veil that you're coming in contact with. But him veiling himself right on the inside of you. Amen. And I believe it must have been perhaps an, an ordinary day for Moses as, as Moses would go and he would keep Jethro's sheep. And it must have been just another day for him as he was leading the sheep or the flock around and, and they were just going about and I just want us to move in the, in the realms of the heavenly just for a little bit and just have a little drama. Now 80 years had gone by and here is Moses and perhaps he was believing that at this point someone else must have been rose up that is going to deliver the children of Israel. He thought that he had failed his purpose. And here he was happy with, with the shepherd and his flock, not knowing that there was a greater purpose on the inside of them. And sometimes we settle down with so little, not knowing the great thing that is deposited on the inside of us that God wants to see manifested. But we will settle ourselves just to be a brother in church and just a sister in church. But God has got a potential on the inside of you. He's got something that he wants to see expressed on the inside of you. But we settle down for so less and God said you are not born to be settling down with less you're born to be an overcomer you're born to be a true deliverer not someone that is banned by the enemy and as he led the flock that day and up in heaven I believe that that day maybe I don't know for God or in no days he's living in eternity but he looked down and he said the time has come is that the moment has come? It's been 80 years. It's been 40 years of him here at the backside of the dirt. 40 years here, him in a dry land, in a barren place. It looks like he's lost his purpose. But as Jesus or oh God looked down, he said, The time has come. And he said, They spoke to the angel and he said, You know what? It's time for you to go down. Is that I need to meet with Moses? Is that I am coming down myself. I need to meet with Moses. Because his moment has come. His time has come. He has been through a lot. He has had a lot. But the moment has come that I am coming down to meet with him. I am coming down to make his purpose real to him. Not a veil that he's been looking at. But I want him to see me face to face. And as he led the flock that day, and he thought maybe today we'll take them on the backside of the desert. And, and he thought that was just his own idea, not knowing that was the angel of the Lord that was leading him. 
It was God that was leading him. He was leading him to where his name was. He was leading him to a mountain. The Bible said that it was the mountain of God. He was leading him to where his name was. He was leading him to where he could meet with him. And here was Moses just walking and going, and I don't know about you, but maybe you've gone to pay your day today, and, and you've come to the end of it, and you say, well, there's young people, and well, we go to young people this evening. But I want you to know something, that God is not looking at a service, just another service. God is looking at a service and is saying, this is someone's moment. This is someone's time. I am coming there myself. It's time for me to have a face-to-face -face conference with some young person. I want to let them understand and know your purpose and know that they are not here to be bound. They were born to defeat the enemy. They were born to see the Egyptian, the one that has tormented them all this year, to see them drown in the sea. That is the purpose why they have been born. And I am coming now this evening. And I am going to show myself to them this evening. And as Moses is walking, and here he is as he's walking, and he sees this, he sees the, the bush that is burning but is not being consumed. He's looking at it, and, and he looks at the bush, and now Moses had a choice. God had come down. God was revealing himself. God was making himself known. But now Moses had a choice. He could just walk by that burning bush and say, wow, that is a strange sight. And just walk away and say, maybe someone else that passes by will take care of it. And he could have just walked away. He could have stood and looked at it for a while and just said, wow, that's pretty nice. And just walk away. Right in the mist. Right in the presence of God. He could have just walked away. But Moses said, I would turn aside. I would turn aside for a moment. I will turn aside. I want to go and see. What is this bush about? See, there was no other place that God was going to meet Moses but on those sacred sands. He brought him all the way. From his home. He came with his flocks. Go to a place and said, No, I need you to separate him from your flocks. I need to come all the way here. Where am I? Because this is your moment. You don't have to keep walking this road anymore. This is your moment. Right in the presence of God, you've got a choice. You can just have this to be a service. You can just walk away. Or you can turn aside this evening and say, you know what? I want to go see what it's all about. I want to go and see what this is all about. He didn't know what was about to happen, Moses. All he saw was a tree. It was burning. That's all he saw. But he didn't know what was just about to happen. He didn't know the change that was about to happen in his life. He didn't know about us. But all he was looking at was the bush 
that was burning. That was all he could see. But God had a greater purpose than just a bush that was burning. So I want you to turn aside. I had a face-to-face conference with him. Maybe tonight you've left your home and thought maybe it's just going to come to young people and we'll see what will happen after that and it'll be all right. But God has come down. He come down in every service. It's not just this service. But this evening he's come down. He's come down and he wants to reveal to you your purpose. To let you understand that you are not born to be bound. You are not born to be the slaves, be in slavery just like the Israelites were. No, that was not your purpose where you were born. You were born to be free. And you had it on Wednesday. You were born to be delivered. And deliverance is true. Deliverance is real. You can live an overcoming life. Remember one thing that his age in Laodicea is that the overcomer sat with him and is strong. And if the overcomer sat with him and is strong, that means that this age, there's only a type of people, one type of people that are coming out. And that is overcomers. If you are expecting that you're going to be sitting in a strong, then in this age, you have to be expecting one thing, that you are going to be an overcomer. Because that's the only, if you believe that you're the bride, you believe that in Laodicea, you're the one that are chosen. Boy, this message of this hour, then you have to know that I am an overcomer. But you've been living so far away from it. But tonight he's come down. He's come down, he says, I want to make myself real to you. You can live an overcoming life. You can live delivered, free from anything you want to name. It is possible. It may not be possible with those in the world, but with you, it is possible. Amen. You want to linger too long. Amen. But as Moses came to, came down to the bush and he came with reverence and the voice came and said, take off your shoes where you stand on this holy ground. And the voice came and he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And he said, I've had the affliction of my people and, and you have been called to be the, you know, the deliverer. And the Lord will speak all these things to him. And after Moses will hear all this and he understands that he's the one that has been called to go out to deliver the children of God. Moses asked a question. He said, when I go out there to, to, to the land of Egypt. And they asked me, what is the name of the God of Matthew? What will I say to them? Will I say to them that you are the God of the fathers and the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? He said, no. No. That's not the name that you're going with. I'm going to tell you the name that you're going with. 
I am that I am. That is the name that you're going with. Not that I was, not just what I will be, but I am. That is the name that I want to reveal to you. That I am. I am present. I am right now. I am. In other words, what God was saying to him was that the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob that you are talking about, I've revealed myself to you about, he's now becoming your God. As you are going to Egypt, you are going to tell them that it's not just the God of Abraham that is coming to media. It's not a God of Jacob that is coming to media. It's not a God of Isaac that is coming to media. But it is I am that is coming. It is the God of Moses that is coming to media. Because why God was coming to dwell unto Moses. The I am was coming down in Moses to say now it's not you that is going to speak, but I am is going to speak. It is not you that is going to deliver, but I am is going to deliver. It is not you that is going to defeat the Egyptian, but I am is going to do it. And the only place that he could meet with I am was on those sacred sands. There was nowhere else he could meet with I am. But on those sacred sands. And when he met with I am, he wasn't the same Moses anymore. He was a different Moses. He was going to completely change because I am had come on the inside of him. I am was going to do the work. All this time he was relying on the I was of his mom. That he had told him about of what God had done and God had done him. And it was good. But now the time his moment had come. What is that now is you that I want to use. God has used Brother Branham and he's done much work with him. He has used many a minister and he's done much work with them. But now he's saying, oh yeah, I must come. You are the ones that I want to use. You say, but I am not worthy. And Moses didn't feel himself worthy anymore as well. He started complaining, I can't talk, I can't do this, I can't do that. But God chose him. He was a murderer. He had slain an Egyptian. But God chose him. You say that I am not worthy. You are worthy not because you are of what you are. But because God has chosen you. And he's coming this evening to say I want to reveal myself to you. I am himself is coming. It was Jacob one day. He had to get to those sacred sands. He had lived his life and he has been a supplant of the word to say about him. A lawyer, all he had done. But he had to come to those sacred sands. He needed a name change. The name he had on him was the wrong name. That wasn't his identification. And some of us have got a name on us that is not our identification. But it's Satan that has tagged a name to us. And it said that that is who you are. That you have to live in depression. That is not your name. That you have to live in fear. That is not your name. Now you have to live in anxiety. That is not your name. Now you have to live in addiction and, and in all kinds of sort of temptation. That is not your name. But this evening he's come on the sacred sand to say, I want to change your name. I want to give you your name. I want to reveal to you who you really are. I am coming down. I am coming on the inside of you. I am coming to bring a change. 
Hey, I'm coming to turn the picture around. Or maybe you've sat as Job and it's been years and it's been struggle after struggle after struggle. And it feels like you're forsaken. Like Job, you know, the, his friends come over to him and they, 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 they try to mock and try to say he's a secret sinner. He's lost his, all his children. His wife comes and says, curse God and die. Job is in a miserable state and he's completely sick and afflicted. He's bound and he says, but I've done nothing wrong. And maybe that's where you were at. You're saying, but I've done nothing wrong. And truly, maybe you haven't done anything wrong. But it's Satan that has bound you. It's Satan that has held you tight. And it looks like everything is gone. Everyone is left. Everyone, no one is around. It looks like you're not accepted. It looks like it's just not right. But there came a day that God said, Job, I want you on the sacred sands. I want to bring you on the sacred sands and I'm going to lift up the curtains just for a moment. I'm going to lift up the curtain for a moment. I want you to see something that you have never seen before. Up until that day, no one has ever seen Easter before. But God said, Job, I'm going to reveal Easter to you. I'm going to reveal to you that your Redeemer lives, that your Redeemer is alive, that he is not dead, that what you were going through is just for a season, but this moment your deliverance has come. Your freedom has come, Job. You've been on that ass heap for so long, but your freedom has come. Brother Branham says, I know my Redeemer live at Jeffersonville 1958. He said, for those sacred sons, he has to take every real child there. He gets you on those places where there's no devil can ever come. When you get on no sacred sand, there is no devil that can come. I tell you, when Moses got there, there was no fear in his heart. If there ever was a person who wasn't qualified to go against the Egyptians, it was Moses. He was 80 years old. He was, you know, all just with a stick in his hand. That's all he had. To the eyes of the one outside, but on the inside, he had all heaven with him. He had all the angels backing him up. And moreover, he had God that was backing him up. When he came to those sacred sands, every fear was gone. Every doubt was gone. He started to believe for the impossible. And when he got to Egypt and he faced his enemy, and his enemy challenged them. He threw down a stick and a turn to a snake. And they came and they challenged them. But Moses didn't move because he knew I met the I am. They didn't meet the I am. And when you meet with your yam, the enemy is going to come and challenge you. But you ought to stand and know, oh, I have met with your yam. Satan hasn't met with your yam. The enemy hasn't met with your yam. He can't defeat me. Moses had an assurance. He knew that we live in this place. And he came to the Red Sea. And it seemed that everything was locked up. It looked like where is I am and you will come to that place. But Moses still stood and believed and it went before God. But now God had got to a place and said, Moses, I want you to speak. I want you to step into your position. Speak and let the sea open up. 
You are a deliverer. You are a chosen one. He met with I am. No sacred signs. Every believer must come to those sacred signs. Every believer must come to those sacred signs. Brother Brennan was saying, if you're a preacher and ever been on the backside of the desert, you're not fit to be a preacher. Right? Friends, I tell you, if you're a Christian, if not been on the backside of the desert, you're not fit to be a Christian. Every Christian must come to the backside of the desert. Where you met with I am. I tell you, Moses had never spoken to God. But from that day, there wasn't one day that Moses didn't speak to God. Moses had a relationship with him now. Every day he was in touch with God. When the trials came, he went and spoke to God about him. And God directed him. It wasn't anymore Moses in control. It was God in control. The, 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 the situation had changed. The scene had changed. Oh, you've been there for so long, but I am has come this evening. There is a flame that is burning this evening. There is a hiding place this evening. But now are you going to walk away? Oh, are you going to draw nigh? Are you going to lay everything aside and say, I'm going to turn aside for a moment. I'm going to lay aside my doubt and my fears and all that I've been through. And I'm going to turn aside for a moment. I have had it spoken so many times, but I have never come in contact with it. Why don't you get to it this evening? Why don't you start taking steps towards it this evening? You said I've had a baby, Holy Ghost, and all that, but, but I haven't really come in touch with it. Why don't you start taking steps this evening? To say, if I am is here, then I want to meet with him. I want to talk with him. I want to have a relationship with him. Why let him pass, boy? It's come down all from glory. He said, I want to meet with you. Brother Brenham continues. He said, there's, there's, when you get to the sacred sign, he said, there's no teacher can ever explain it away. He said, it gives you something on those signs back there. That an experience that you'll never forget as long as ages rolls on. He said, no matter how idiotic your mother, your daddy, your husband, wife, your associates may become. He said, every true believer that, that has, every true believer has that spot where God has met him. There isn't one left out. He said, every believer has that every person that's born of the kingdom of God knows that spot, that minute, that hour, that where God took him. And on those sacred sands and in the presence of the burning bush, he did something to that believer that all the mentality of the world could not destroy. He said, upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not destroy it. He said, upon this rock, the spiritual revelation of the resurrected Jesus, upon this rock. Amen. Amen. I can get through all this this evening. We're going to stop the end of service here this evening.
You've been like Jacob and you need a name change this evening. I don't know. But I want you to know that I am is here. I am is here. I am is here. You can go bypass this burning bush and say it is what it is, but but he's here. He's got a real name that he wants you to be identified with. But Brandon will continue, and my redeemer, I know my redeemer live, I know my redeemer liveth. He's talking about Job. I said, Job and his distressed. Everyone gone, his wife, and had turned him against him and was accusing him. And all, the, all his believers' friends had turned against him because they only had theology. And all the rest turned against him. But God said, come here, Job. I'm going to give you something, boy. I'm going to place you within, I'm going to place within you something that all the devils of hell can't shake out. And that's why he's here this evening, to put something in you that all the devils of hell can't shake out. They can't toss you about anymore. You've wondered about this Holy Ghost? He's here. He's here this evening. Ask the musicians to come. He's here this evening. He's here this evening. There is a flame that is a burning. There is a hiding place this evening. You can walk by it and say, well, let someone else go figure out what it is. Well, you can say, Lord, I am coming. I am turning aside to come and see what it's all about. Amen. Amen. Easier to lift the curtains up. For you to see something that you've never seen before. He's, he's going to do it. It's not about us doing it. He's going to do it. You've wandered and wandered and wandered. But this evening, he's willing. There is a fountain that is open. There is a flame that is burning. I am is wanting to reveal himself to the young people. He's wanting to reveal himself. You don't have to stay that way. You can have a change. He's willing. More than you are even willing. You don't have to be looking at a veil. You can look at him face to face. You can have a relationship with him. You say, I have tried many times, but it just seemed to be hidden. It just seemed that nothing is happening. He's here to change that. To give you a relationship. Friends, we're getting ready for a rapture. And we've said it many a times, and we've had it many a times. But we need the Holy Ghost. And I, I tell you one thing, I don't think I'm ever going to stop preaching about the Holy Ghost until I leave this place. Because I know what it did to me. What it did in my life. You can't live without us. If you want to live this place, we need the Holy Ghost. And he's here. He's willing to give it to you. 
Amen. open, the door is open. I'm not saying it has to be an altar call. It doesn't have to be. But are you willing? Are you going to pass by this bush or are you going to turn aside for a moment? You say, Lord, I want you to talk to me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to speak to me. You said, this is my commission. You said, I've got a purpose. You said, you've told me all these things. There's so many promises that are in here. But now I need to come into contact with you. And you have come. The I am himself have come. And I am turning aside. I'm turning aside my old thoughts and all the temptation that I've been with, all the struggles that I've been with, all that I have taught and all that I have, I have imagined. I'm turning everything aside for this moment to turn to you. That I can have a conference with you. That I can talk with you. That we can talk it over, Lord. Why stay in the chains? Why stay in the pains, young people? Why there's a freedom? Why there's a liberty? When he went to the cross, you were there. You already been set free. All you have to do is walk in that freedom. Every depression was defeated when he was walking down the halls of hell. They tried to stand up against him and he told them to sit down. No one could stand against him. You were there. And you've just been expressed in time right now. And all the potential is lying inside of you. All the seed is in there. All the power is on the inside. And it's wanting to release itself. But it's been bound by the chains and the bars of this flesh. But this evening is coming to say we're going to break those bars. We're going to tear down those shackles. We're going to make room for the seed, for it to express itself. If you are a believer, if you have chosen your predestinated seed of God, there is a seed on the inside. There is something that has to manifest. There is an attribute of God that it has to manifest. But it's been burned by the chains of this flesh and the things that we like and we desire. But God is saying this evening, you don't even have to do it. You don't even have to do it. Because I am come down. I wanted to realize that Moses didn't have to do it. Moses thought it was over. Moses thought this is the end of me. That it's all over. But God said it's not over. It is just about starting. And maybe you've thought it is over. You've thought maybe there is no way I can overcome this. There is no way I can cross past this. And you think you cannot make it. Yes, you cannot make it. But God is here. I am is here. And it's saying you can make it because I am going to do it. Moses didn't expect it, but God was expecting it. All he did was he turned aside. And he came with reverence. And he left everything behind. 
Left his wife behind, left his kids behind, left everything behind. He said, this is the time that I want to speak with him. And he started showing him the supernatural. He started showing him that he's God. He didn't only meet with God like Brother Andrew was saying. It's not just about meeting with him. But he started to reveal himself to him. Reveal his name to him. To say, this is who I am. This is what I am. And this is what I can do in your life. And that is what he wants to do. Reveal himself to you. To say, this is what I can do. Not what you can do and you've been trying to do all along. This is what I can do. And I am ready and I am willing. Amen. He's here this evening. Amen. Help us sing that, Brother Tony. Amen. He is here. got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Serving an eternal God. There's always a refilling. There's always more of them that you can receive. Amen. Don't be satisfied where you at. Don't be satisfied where you at. But always press on. Press on. 
and ask God for more of himself, more of the revelation of who he is. And if your relationship with him has just been just to fulfill a duty, he is here. And even if, you, and if you're a place where you don't even have that relationship, where your Bible is just when you take it only on a Sunday to come to church or on a Wednesday to come to church, he's willing to tear down the veil and make himself real to you. Amen.
心。